welcome to Rocks and Ramble. If you're a return listener, thanks for coming back. If this is the first time you've listened, then thanks for giving us a shot. For those new listeners, this podcast will attempt to combine some geological fact or idea with some other form of knowledge. Um, Maybe one week it's pop culture, uh, maybe historical episodes another time. Really, it will be anything that I think is interesting and even sort of related to a geological topic. If you don't like geology, well, that's fine. Stick around and maybe you'll like the second part of the talk. And if you're lucky, you'll accidentally learn some Earth history along the way. And with that and no further preamble, welcome to episode two, Feeling Groovy. The following is an excerpt from a conversation between a geology-loving father and his daughter on a family trip to the Glacial Grooves geologic feature on Kelly's Island, Ohio. Hey, daughter? Yes, father? Do you see those grooves that have been scratched into the limestone bedrock by debris trapped under a huge ice sheet during the last ice age? I do see those grooves that have been scratched into the limestone bedrock by debris trapped under a huge ice sheet during the last ice age. Aren't they groovy? Yes, father. They are in fact quite groovy. This conversation has been had on nearly every trip I have ever taken to Kelly's Island. It is a yearly pilgrimage for my family, sometimes more than once a year. I've gone there on class trips and made this stupid joke. I've even forced a bachelor party I was with to take a golf cart to visit the site of the largest and most accessible glacial groove in the world. The grooves are 400 feet long, 35 feet wide, and up to 10 feet deep and represent only a portion of the total grooves that were present before the area was literally blown up during the quarrying of the limestone until it became the Glacial Grooves State Memorial in 1923. The grooves and the island itself are one of my favorite places to visit and a place where I do indeed feel the most groovy. But what does it mean to feel groovy? We use the term to explain a feeling of happiness or contentment, excitement. We use it to describe music and ways of life But where did the word and the underlining meaning come from? The podcast will try to explain how the glacial grooves of Kelly's Island and other places around the world originated, and also take the opportunity to discuss the origins of the term groovy. Groovy glacial grooves. Glacial grooves are a type of glacial striation or scratch left behind by glaciers. These striations were first described by Swiss mountain climbers in the 18th century and have since been used to note the location of now extinct glaciers and as a record of glacial movement and direction. Glacial striations are not uncommon and can be found on every continent, implying that at various times during the world's history, glaciers were present. Glaciers come in two main flavors. Um, Valley slash alpine glaciers are often found at high altitudes. These glaciers are relatively small, occupying long U-shaped valleys in the world's largest mountain ranges. The second type of glacier, and this is the type responsible for those groovy striations in Ohio, are called continental glaciers. As the name implies, these are glaciers that cover thousands of square miles and may be over a mile in thickness. Present day examples of these glaciers include the Greenland Ice Sheet with a surface area of over 2 million square kilometers, that's over a million square miles to you and me, with an average thickness of up to 1500 meters, which is almost a mile. And of course you have the Antarctic Ice Sheet, which covers almost the entire Antarctic continent, 
parts of this glacier are over 4,000 meters thick. That's two and a half miles. Under these glaciers, pressures can exceed 100 kilopascals, which is almost 100,000 times the pressure of the atmosphere pushing down on you right at this moment. This pressure and force makes glaciers powerful agents of erosion. These continental glaciers get larger and smaller and sometimes disappear completely as temperatures on the earth change. These climate changes can be caused by many factors such as continental drift, uh, the moving of the continents can actually change ocean currents and, and proportions of land masses at higher or latitudes, sorry. Um, volcanic activity which can change the composition of the atmosphere in regards to carbon dioxide or volcanic ash and something called a Milankovitch cycle. Uh, these cycles include changes to the shape of the Earth's orbit known as eccentricity, uh, like changes in the angle of Earth's axis known as obliquity, and the direction Earth's axis of rotation is pointed which is known as the precision of that axis. All of these factors have contributed to four large periods of widespread glaciation known as ice ages. And this is a term first coined in 1836 by, it can be argued, four different individuals, uh, Jean de Carpentier, Ignace Vence, Carl Frederick Schrimper, and Louis Agassiz. The glacial grooves of Kelly's Island specifically were formed by the most recent period of glaciation known as the Pliocene-Pleistocene glaciation, and this reached its maximum southward extent between 26,000 and 19,000 years ago. During this period, the area of Kelly's Island would have been under over a mile of ice, and the limestone bedrock would have been both compressed and exposed to the large boulders and rocks trapped in the bottom of this glacier. These rocks would be mostly igneous materials, and hopefully you remember that term from the last podcast. Uh, these materials would have been transported south from present-day Canada. These igneous rocks would have been harder than the limestone bedrock and left deep gouges that we see today. For an example, think of a, a piece of sandpaper uh, scratching grooves on a piece of wood. The grooves themselves are said to have been much longer previous to quarrying activities on the island. These previous structures were known as the Great Grooves and were said to be over 2,000 feet in length but they were destroyed as demand for the Columbus limestone they were carved from became more and more important in construction efforts. These grooves are amazing natural wonders and are considered both a state and national landmark, and I encourage you to visit them. defined. The Oxford Online Dictionary describes the term groovy as an adjective used to describe something as fashionable, exciting, enjoyable, or excellent. A quick look at Google's book's Ingram Viewer, which shows the frequency of word usage in written works over a period of time, shows a spike in the word beginning around 1960 and peaking in 1973. 
It then declines throughout the 1980s, reaching a low in 1983, before beginning a slow rise in usage and finally peaking again around 2010. These results may lead one to draw the conclusion that the 1980s were not as fashionable, exciting, enjoyable, or excellent as we were led to believe. I'm talking to you, Reagan, Cold War, and Motley Crue. But what does it really mean to be groovy? According to the online etymology dictionary, a form of the word groovy uh, was used as early as the 1800s. Uh, the term grooviness at that time was a negative description of somebody who had a tendency to routine, inclined to a specialized and narrow way of life or thought. In short, someone rather boring, which is the exact opposite of what I think of when I think of a groovy person, baby. The form of the word we are familiar with these days as slang for good, great, or excellent originated with jazz musicians in the 1920s, uh, musicians and artists such as Louis Armstrong, Cab Calloway, and Duke Ellington. The idea of grooviness, or being uh, in the groove, referred to musicians who were playing well and effortlessly. Uh, they had a good sense of rhythm and beat. It may also be related to the way a needle traveled in the groove of a record, or a way to describe the response of the audience and their desire to move tap their toes and dance. According to the Corpus of Historical American English, uh, the term shows up in popular culture in 1945 in the movie 1001 Nights, a satirical version of the Arabian Nights story which was popularized by the Disney movie Aladdin. Uh, the phrase is, I like your lid too, it's really groovy, referencing a character's head covering. According to the same site, the term is most used in the 60s and 70s, and by then had gained mainstream usage in TV, music, popular literature, and movies. Um, sources such as Time Magazine, uh, the TV show Bewitched, uh, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, Alice's Restaurant, uh, the movie Easy Rider, and of course Simon and Garfunkel's 1967 song, uh, the 59th Street Bridge song, otherwise known as Feeling Groovy, which was our musical interlude if you didn't recognize it. By this point, the term groovy was part of our, of our vernacular and was often used by hippie counterculture to describe good vibes and feelings of happiness. It was also still used to describe music that felt effortless and was easy to dance to or, or groove to. Bands like the Grateful Dead, the Mamas and the Papas, Simon and Garfunkel, Jefferson Airplane, uh, the Beatles, the band, and many others were often described as groovy Although the hippies' summer of love ended in 1967, the term persisted in popular culture and mainstream entertainment throughout the 1970s. Uh, thanks, mainly, in part to that groovy bunch of step-siblings, uh, you know, the members of the Silver Platters, who just keep on grooving all through the night. Uh, sorry for that reference. I, I do, in fact, love the Brady Bunch. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. The term groovy definitely lost usage during the 80s, as new slang rose to take the place of the now archaic hippie slang. Words like cool, radical, bad, uh, which actually meant good, and uh, of course, she's all that in a bag of chips, uh, which I'm pretty sure I just made up. Uh, these rose to describe excellent and good things. In the 1990s, uh, the term groovy began to reappear in movies and popular media, such as the Evil Dead and Army of Darkness, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and and others began using the term, if somewhat tongue-in-cheek. And of course, you're not 
cannot talk about uh, 1990 movies without mentioning Mike Myers in the Austin Powers trilogy, which was released in 97, 99, and 2001. And I think these movies fully brought back the term and nostalgia in a very genuine way. Uh, they were in quite, quite groovy, baby. It seems that the term groovy will continue to persist in our popular culture, even after the popularity of jazz and the ideas of the hippie culture fade from popularity. Um, as the popularity of things retro waxes and wanes, it seems that the term will always be with us in both um, popular culture and, of course, those geology textbooks. I think that brings us to the end of this podcast. I uh, hope to see you on Kelly's Island, staring at some glacial striations, or in one of the many establishments on the island, enjoying a frosty Brandy Alexander and perch sandwich. Uh, just remember, my friends, always, you know, stay groovy. Additional groovy sources for today's podcast include EnglishCorpora.org, EntomologyOnline.com, OhioHistory.org, TrekOhio.com, the History of Information website, and the online textbook, An Introduction to Geology, written by Johnson, Folter, Inkenbrandt, and Mosher. Also, sciencewithkids.com, with general information from Wikipedia. Thank mm-hmm. you.